So, hey, Amelia, you know how we like do this phone call every week and it's great, but the person that we call never picks up? Yeah. Okay. So, like, I think it would be really cool is if instead of we call this person every week, we just did like a podcast, right? It would be like so much easier than like making this phone call and then trying to figure out how to like everyone listens to this voicemail from this one person's voice box. And I thought it would be really awesome if we used a super cool service like Zencaster, because it's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You can use it on your browser and we can start recording a high quality podcast right away. You can get studio quality sound up to 4k video with your guests. If you want to include video that I think is cool. You also can get rid of those ums and ahs like I just did. I did like <laughs> three of them. You can get rid of those and the awkward pauses in your podcast. And you can also. Yeah, exactly. And also you have like all of your tools right there in the Zencaster platform. It's all there. So you don't have to like go to like several different spots and you can like basically distribute it to Spotify, Apple and other major destinations. In fact, I think I'm going to go and like set up a thing on Zencast. I'll be back. See you later. All right. Well, while he's doing that, go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code ASWAYD and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Sup, you've reached Clarissa, I'm out somewhere being da bomb and can't answer. My bad. <laughs> Leave me your name number and a sweet message and I'll hit you up later. Peace. Hey, it's Amelia. And Sherrick. You told us to call, let you know what we're doing. Weird, we get your voicemail almost every week at this point. Oh, well, I guess we'll leave you a message about what we're up to and our pop culture thoughts of the week, and hopefully we'll hear back from you soon. It's almost like we have a podcast about a friend saying, I had a dream about you, and then they recount the most horrifying dreamscape imaginable. Um, Not to call out our editor, but I feel like that happens to her all the time. Oh, no! I was going to say, there's two people that I trust if they say I had a dream about you, that it might just be kind of like funny or weird or like mm-hmm. a little bit strange. But mm-hmm. like I when it's a stranger or somebody like an acquaintance, I'm like, no, this is about to be like some truly day ruining shit that I'm about to get hit with. Like Steph was like, did I have a dream that we had a conversation about candles? And I was like, yes, babe, that we did not have a, you and me did not have a conversation about you going to go pick up your candles today. Cause, <laughs> cause I would not have told you to do that. Nope. So there's that. And she's like, Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, that's like, <laughs> you know, like did I have a dream that you told me to pick up fruit when I went to the grocery store. <laughs> Nah, babe, wasn't me. That was dream me. Dream Sherrick wanted grapes, I guess. (laughs) Dreams are so weird. Dream dream Sherrick wanted pudding because I haven't had pudding in a year. (laughs) God damn it. Every time I have pudding now, I think of you. (laughs) Because of that. The brand is complete. Anyway, go on. Uh, No, not to, not to, like out secrets or anything but just yeah no jam has super vivid dreams and sometimes they are really weird and oftentimes they involve people she knows so like Mm -hmm. at least once a month i swear at 
if not more frequently, it's like, hey, I had this dream and you were there and you were there and you were there and like this mm-hmm. happened and whatever. But usually, usually if anybody is bad in the dream, it's already somebody we don't like or she doesn't. Like. Yeah. So it's not fair. It's not like, you know, you're a huge villain in her story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's happens oh. all the time and i'm always like you need to write a story about this. yeah you really need to like write these <laughs> down for sure i tell steph when she has like weird dreams that she needs to do that and i've been encouraged to do it but like i feel like anytime i go to like write it down that's when it that's when it vanishes from my memory yeah it's just know? like it's like a it's like yeah. an escaping thing that you just can't grab onto it's yeah. it's like Mine hercules trying plot, to grab what's her like. face out of the the water in in and Hercules. Anyway, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember the the love interest name from the fucking Disney Hercules. Oh, uh, Meg. Yeah, he's trying to grab Meg out of the water, but he's it's like ah no, she's not really there. I thought of you uh, the other day because uh, I was watching a Ray stream and he had a Taylor Swift shirt on for Taylor's birthday. Because <laughs> like that's kind of like their their whole thing because Tina has become like a huge like Swifty. Yeah, I did. She has know her that. own. She she yeah. has her own like separate Swifty account now. Like a mm-hmm. she's like a Twitter mm-hmm. account specifically for like her her Swifty thoughts, if you will. Mm-hmm. And like Ray just kind of like tipped into it. Like he like he's kind of <laughs> like he's kind of just like the supportive husband. That's like ah, I mean, if you're happy, whatever, babe. Like I'll wear this mm-hmm. shirt. I don't care. You know. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. No that that morning I texted a group chat and said you know happy taylor swift's birthday to all who celebrate (laughs) (laughs) uh so yep anyway how y'all doing we it's the last the last voicemail of 2023 yep then we go on break again (laughs) sorry yeah so (laughs) i don't even know like I'm so in the like, can I just deal with this next year <laughs> frame of mind? I have essentially three more days of work, four more uh-huh. days of work before next year, and I'm just over it. Okay. Three more days that I have to go into the office, I should say. I okay. have a few work from home days, but those are pretty light for me. So, fair. Anyway, what have I been doing this week? Not a whole yeah, lot. Not a whole lot. Just chilling. That's fair. Like the weather. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I, I have. I have. I got back to. I, I did. I did a strum. You did. Uh, you did a strum. I did do a strum. It was great. I will probably stream again. At least, uh, at least two more times before the end of the year. At least because, well, by the time that you're hearing this, it will have happened. We're gonna do so. We so um, we took the 11th of December off because every there was a bunch of people that were asking about like basically just doing like a blackout. I know that it didn't. I don't think it really got as far as it probably should have or could have. Oh, okay. I don't think like. I don't think like actual businesses necessarily shut down, mm-hmm. but there were a good chunk of streamers who did basically just like canceled their stream. Okay. Uh, like in solidarity, they called for a ceasefire in Gaza. So we didn't stream then, but the 18th, which again th- will have happened by the time you're hearing this, 
mm-hmm. plan to do another Feywild stream, and then I'm hoping to stream, you know, uh, the the twenty, like maybe the, maybe the night of the twenty second or the night of the twenty third. Okay. And then obviously we're not streaming on Christmas Day, maybe mm-hmm. on New Year's Day, but I kind of doubt it because I was like, you know, I feel like people get New Year's Day off, but like. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like mostly because they were out the night before, like counting down, you know, watching the ball drop, so to speak, mm-hmm. and like getting hammered and staying out till 3 a.m. and then coming <laughs> home. Well, it's technically it, a federal holiday. Right. I'm just saying that like. But yeah, like it's the not, need it's, for it to be off is basically because, yeah, New Year's Eve. Well, I was going to say le- <laughs> less that and like you don't really see like or maybe maybe this is just me. I, I, let me preface that. It's just my experience. I don't really know that many people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm visiting so and so on New Year's Day. Like it, it's really kind of just like a holiday to stay home and chill. Like, yeah. So like. I, I don't know. Some people may be going out and seeing friends or something like that. But like, I was like, you know, maybe it's worth it to stream on the first. I don't know. Maybe people are going to be totally fine with it because I know I would be. Yeah. I mean, whereas like Christmas, I'm is, like, no, it is kind of nice because like it is so it is so weird to have like two. Two holidays so close together. Sure. Yeah. And so but so many people spend Christmas, Christmas Eve with family or gathering with other people and mm-hmm. like same with new year's eve and so it's kind of nice to have new year's day off to just like okay it's the last day off before we have to go back to real life and right. we can use it to just chill <laughs> yeah for sure did i tell you what my my like my schedule for like days off is going to be like the next uh, couple of weeks i don't think we have so. a com- okay so the this is just stick with me on this one so the day that y'all are hearing this episode will be the 22nd i'll be off that day mm-hmm. then i'm off uh obviously christmas day mm-hmm. i have to work the 26th but i'm off the 27th i have to work the 28th but i'm off the 29th oh yeah you were telling me about that it's so fucked. The, yeah. Uh, so the 29th was a day that I took myself, but mm-hmm. that was like, I took it because it was like one of those, like you use it or lose it kind of days. And I was like, yeah, it's the last working day of the year. I'll just take that. Not really mm-hmm. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So then as it goes further, I'm off the first, I'm off the eighth, I'm off the 15th and the 22nd of January. I don't work a Monday in January until the 29th. <laughs> why, why do you have so many Januaries off? Well, or the first so is many New Year's. Mondays. Yeah. I have all the, I have the next, I have January off for the next six years. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of J-term in, in college. Okay, anyway. Um, so obviously the first is, yeah. is what that is. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, the eighth isn't a holiday, but the 15th is. Is MLK day, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. I don't have the 22nd. I don't have the 22nd off. I lied. Oh, I don't okay. have the 22nd of January off. But I do. So basically, I have four January, four four days, four Mondays in a row, starting with Christmas off. Mm. Because I was like, well, it just feels weird to work the 8th. <laughs> and then and then have the 15th off. So I was like, just give me, just give me all of those. <laughs> just give me those first three, those first three Mondays in January. Who knows? Maybe by the time you're hearing this, I will have gone, screw it. I'm taking the 22nd and the 29th off. I don't work a single Monday in January. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. I, let's see. We, we get off the 25th and 26th uh-huh. rather than. Because I think that's a lot of places have Christmas Eve and day off 
And if yeah. one of them is on a weekend, then you get the day next to it. But since Eve is on a Sunday, the day next to it is Christmas Day. So then a lot of people are getting Friday off. Um, but my work was like, that's dumb. You should get the mm-hmm. 26th off, which I think makes sense. Because it's like, you don't need that many days to get where you're going (laughs) beforehand. So yeah, so, but I don't work Fridays, so I already have the 22nd off. And then yeah, don't work 25th or 6th. Mm -hmm. The rest of that week is work from home, which like I said, I don't have that much to do. And again, I have Fridays off. So the 27th and the 28th, I technically am working from home, but... What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, I'm off through the first. So I almost have the 22nd through the first off. And going to work on the third, because again, Tuesdays are work from home. So the second I work from home. So when I have to go back into the office on January 3rd, I'm going to be so fucking mad. <laughs> It's so hard to go in on a normal day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway. So before we get to the topic at hand, I want to know, Amelia, if you've heard about this. You probably haven't, but I want to know. There's a chance you have. Have you heard about this new game that's called Lethal Company? No. Okay. So just know that I will probably be sending like you and JM and like Jenny like clips from this game because it's so fucking funny, bro. Like it's so funny. Okay. I will not, I will probably not be playing it myself, but it's so funny. So um, the the premise is, and this is a game that was made by, I believe by just one developer. Like it was one person made this game. Wow. Um, And it's like, it's like outselling like triple A, like, titles like call of duty and it's like it's 10 bucks so it's up to four people you but you can play solo if you want to and the idea is is that you are working for this company it's just called the company and you're they, they send you to these like planets and you have to basically collect salvage and scrap to sell to the company otherwise you get fired like it's so it's kind of like you're just going and and you're a salvage worker so you're one of the scrappers. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Except you are like indebted to the company. So like yeah. you like you basically in order to get things like a flashlight or like a teleporter or things like that on the ship that can mm-hmm. be useful to you. You're essentially it's like it's almost like a company town kind of situation where like you sell scrap to the company and then you have to hit a certain quota and anything over the quota is overtime. which you can use to spend on things uh like that the problem is is when you go to these places that they have like enemies and such that are Mm -hmm. like in these facilities or on the area so like you can't you can't really fight back unless you have like a like a stop sign or a a ladder or something to like swing you know and, and hit people with it sounds very simplistic and not very humorous based off that description but just like just know that I'm going to send you a bunch of TikToks that have to do with Lethal Company, like just okay. in general life. And mm-hmm. they're all very funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I This sounds really weird, but I could see it being hilarious. Sometimes it, it, the so, simplest things are 
Yes. Uh, so something that I for- I neglected to mention is that it has what's called proximity chat. So like in real life, like if you are walking away from me, it is harder for me to hear the thing that you're saying. Mm-hmm. So so too in the game. So like if we're in this facility and you like walk down a hallway and go downstairs and you're like yelling for me, it's going to be harder for me to hear you than if you're closer in the game. And if you go into the facility and I'm not in the facility, I can't hear you at all. So like Got it. there's okay. a lot of it's almost like a very like. There's like some Scooby-Doo like murder mystery moments, you know, the like the montage in the middle of like those old Scooby-Doo episodes where there's like mm-hmm. a song, like a song from the 60s and 70s playing and yeah. they're all running through like hallways and shit. It's uh-huh. kind of like that. It's kind of like that a little okay. bit, okay. <laughs> but that just know, good. just know that I'll probably send you a couple of those coming up pretty soon just because I don't, I, I don't know how I haven't already because they're, I just sit there and watch them and just die laughing. And then we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Lovely listener. If uh, if if uh, Amelia's like, yeah, they were all dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of things that aren't dumb, what are we talking about today? So I decided to tell you all about my favorite Christmas movies. Yay! (laughs) It's not at all that I didn't have a topic prepared. I mean, we had some we had some ideas, so that's that that is objectively true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, th- there is a list of about ten movies that I watch every year, every yeah, every year in December. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'll just tell you about those. And yeah, it's something that I usually do with friend of the podcast Amber, but it was. Like, they were all movies that I watched pretty frequently. Maybe sure. not every year, but like often. Mm-hmm. And she's so big into tradition that it's just become this tradition, right? So, yeah. So I will just—I don't even know. I guess I'll just start at the beginning because there's a pretty. We've developed a pretty. Like there's a there's a definitive order in which we watch these. So okay. interesting, and it has to do partly with how much we like them, and it also has a little bit to do with how long they are, so that we can watch two in an evening. I see. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'll just essentially I was like. Is this a power ranking? I don't know. (laughs) Because in a way it is sort of ranked. But so yeah. So first of all, we watch a movie called Happiest Season. And we watch a movie called While You Were Sleeping. Okay. That's the first duo. Happy Season is the newest one on this list. It came out in 2020. 2020? Yeah. It was filmed literally like right before the pandemic. Like February 2020. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay. And the reason that I've seen this movie is basically because Dan Levy is in it. It was like his mm. first thing after Shit's Creek. And like first acting role in a like a while. And so I remember like following him on Instagram and stuff and him being like I don't have to do anything. I just have to like show up and say my lines because he like wrote and directed and produced like so much on Schitt's Creek that he was just like, this is so bizarre. I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) 
And he's not a main character, so it's like he's not even needed a whole lot. Sure, yeah. But it is it is a movie about with Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. Okay. Who are a couple, they live together, and very last minute, the one played by Mackenzie Davis, Harper, is like, come home for Christmas with me. Like, sure. you okay. don't have a family, and like, come home for Christmas with me. And finally, is like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll come home for Christmas with you. And on the way, driving on the way to her parents' house, she's like, oh, by the way, they don't know I'm gay. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. So there's so much about this movie that I love, but there's a lot about this movie I also don't love. Okay. <laughs> Which, that makes like, it interesting to be sure. So Right. And, and mainly it's that, like, the way that Harper treats Abby as part of this is, like... On the one hand, you want to be really sympathetic and empathetic sure. with her of like, because like her dad's running for the mayor of his town and like, mm-hmm. so like there's this whole angle of like, I'm scared to come out to them because I don't know how they're going to react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is valid and fair, but it also is super valid to feel uncomfortable with that situation particularly when it's dropped 10 minutes before you're gonna meet these people yeah (laughs) that oh now you have to pretend that you're just roommates and like yeah and the whole it's not even just like oh we're just gonna pretend the whole time like she kind of ignores her a lot during the whole weekend and like she's just kind of a bitch to her it's just okay Yeah, and that's the part that I don't like. But the parts that I do like are that Kristen Stewart's character, Abby, her best friend is played by Dan Levy, and he's fucking hilarious. His, like, first scene is them getting breakfast and, like, chatting about how she might go home for Christmas with her girlfriend and how she wants to propose to her and like all Mm -hmm. these things. And he's like on his phone the whole time. And she's like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, there's a gentleman in my apartment and I am just making sure that he is leaving. (laughs) And she's like, what? (laughs) And he's like, Oh yeah, I track everybody. I'm like the NSA. (laughs) 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 It's so funny. All right. And the Mackenzie Davis's character Harper has a sister uh, named Jane who is just bananas. She's so adorable and so sweet, and her parents treat her like absolute shit. And you can tell that. And then they have another sister who's played by Allison Brie, and you can tell that that Harper and Sloane, who's Allison Brie, are mm-hmm. like they're super competitive. They're like very much perfectionist trying to live up to their parents like standards and all this stuff and you can tell that jane just like at some point in her childhood just like was like nah i'm not gonna do this like you guys can fight over their affection i'm gonna be me and i love that for her (laughs) and in the very in the end you find out that she is has been writing this like like this intense fantasy novel Okay. And it turns out that Dan Levy's character, John, is like an agent 
or something, something in the publishing world. I can't remember. And so like okay. by the end of it, she gets her book published and like, yeah, anyway, it's really funny. And Aubrey Plaza is also in it as okay. um, a former, Fucking... a former uh, a girlfriend of Harper's who essentially makes friends with Abby and is like, I know where you're coming from. Like I get I, it. I was mm. the hidden girlfriend in high school. And like Aubrey is just, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. She's it was she's such great. a good like casting and she was so good that I think this movie came out like in like November okay. 2020, you know, because the Christmas season for movies and shit is like so long. And I remember seeing like tweets where it was like, okay, but what's Joe Biden's plan for getting uh Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart's characters together in this movie? <laughs> Like she's so much better than <laughs> Harper. Harper sucks and like all this stuff. And yeah, but so like that's what makes it good is like the side characters make it really good. Yeah. And yeah, that it, it's just it's got a lot of funny moments. It's got a really it's got a lot of really like touching moments. But yeah, it also has some frustrating moments. So that is why it is like my the lowest on the list. Okay. <laughs> While you were sleeping is uh Sandra Bullock, like, first starring role. In it, she works, it's set in Chicago, and she works for the L, Mm -hmm. the elevated train, so to speak. And she's in love with this guy who, like, comes through every morning to go to work. And it's Peter Gallagher, which is hilarious to me now because like who Peter Gallagher is now but like in the early 90s I guess they were he was heartthrob status I don't know and she has to work on Christmas day because she doesn't have a family and he comes through on Christmas day and gets mugged on the train platform and pushed onto the tracks and she goes and like is trying to like hey dude like get up there's a train coming and like mm-hmm. he's knocked out. Nobody's around cause it's Christmas day to like call for help. And this is like oh, 1992 nice. or something. So we're, we don't have a lot of cell phones. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, so she jumps on the tracks and is able to like roll him off of it, off yeah. of the tracks as the train goes by so that they don't get hit by the train. Right. And he gets taken to the hospital and it it turns into this whole miscommunication because they won't let her see him. Yeah. Because she's not family. Right. And she says under her breath something about like, oh, I was going to marry him. Like, like as a girl with a crush, not like the real, but a nurse hears it and thinks that's real. So she like lets her in and then the family comes in and the family's like who are you, who are you? and she's yeah. like trying to explain it and the nurse is like oh that's his fiance and she's like what <laughs> so it's this whole story Which, of like, to be fair just because you said she was gonna marry does right. not mean that they are engaged right i know that's where this nurse took a lot of liberties <laughs> This lady went off uh, and she was given an inch and a half and she was like, cool, I'm going to climb on your roof with the rest. Yeah. (laughs) And so and this like he has like a big family. It's like mom and dad and sister and grandma and 
this other old dude who's like his dad's best friend, who's like part of the family, like this huge group of people. And so when this nurse is like, oh yeah, it's his fiance, they like freak out and there's Sandra Bullock in the corner like, what? No, I don't, what? No. <laughs> like, but she's very timid uh-huh. and like can't say anything until it's like too late. Cause then like the mom is like, Oh my God, we haven't talked to him in a while. And I'm just so happy he found a nice girl and like all this shit. And she's just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> so, Whoops. so it's like this whole misunderstanding and like the family kind of adopts her essentially is like, okay. Oh, we didn't get to celebrate Christmas because this happened on Christmas. So you should come over for our redo of Christmas dinner And because she doesn't have a family, she was an only child with a single parent who is now gone. And so it's sort of a like, oh, it's nice to have a family kind of a thing. And I don't want to tell them, but I also know that I need to tell them. And and he's in a coma for a week. And so this goes on for a while. And the the dad's best friend, this old guy named Saul, hears her like say something about how she's not actually his fiance and he's like i'll tell the family it's fine like just you know like i get it it's fine Uh i know how to handle this situation like if we don't do this right grandma's gonna like have a heart attack so like let me do it and he so he doesn't do it of course and he's just like who cares like whatever he'll wake up he won't know who you are and like It'll come clean and whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Basically. It's the 90s. What are consequences? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then while this is going on, as she gets ingrained into the family, she finds out that he has another brother who's played by Bill Pullman, who is much more... He and his dad own like a estate furniture company. Like they go and buy furniture from estate sales and resell it and stuff. Okay. But he also makes furniture and... So he's more like blue collar, whereas like Peter Gallagher is like some finance dude or a lawyer or like some fancy dude. And so like as this is going on, he kind of starts befriending her and like at one point shows up and is like, oh, dad wants to give you this couch as like an engagement present. And she's like, well, let's put it in Peter's apartment. And, like, they take it over there. So they keep spending time together because it's, like, family stuff and whatever. And eventually he wakes up and he's, like, knows everything except he's, like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) And they're all, like, that's. You, you don't recognize her? It's Lucy. That's your fiance. And so, like, now they have him convinced that he has amnesia. <laughs> and basically, basically, Saul, who's also his godfather, like, goes to him and is just like, she's amazing. Like, you love her. Like, trying to convince him, basically, like, you, you should, like, like, who cares if you can't remember? Like, just be together, basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> just basically be together, to stupid. <laughs> cover his own tracks. But yeah, uh-huh. basically, he's like, you're a schmuck, Peter. And like, you, this would be a good thing for you to do finally in your life or something. Like, and so he proposes and 
so they're going to get married in the hospital. And then the brother shows up, Bill Pullman shows up and, Oh, sorry. Right before that happens, she like stops the wedding and she's like, I can't do this. And then Bill Pullman shows up and he's like, you can't marry him. And she's like, yeah, I know. I just said that or whatever. (laughs) And then she's like, like explains all this to the family. Like, you know, I never actually was engaged to Peter. Like this was all made up and I just really enjoyed having a family again. And like, I just love you all and you're so great. And I'm sorry I lied to you and like all these things. And, and the family's like stunned of course. And then she's like, and I can't marry him because I don't actually know him. And also because I'm in love with your son and (laughs) and the mom and dad are like, yeah, we know you're like getting married. And she's like, no, the other one. The other one. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why he interrupted the wedding, of course, because he also was like, I've fallen in love with you. Mm -hmm. But of course the song explodes and she leaves and whatever cut to, I don't know, sometime later and she's sitting at her booth, her little toll booth at the L and people are putting their coins in because again, it's 1992. Yes. <laughs> their little tokens in or whatever. And then you, cause you, so you hear these like tokens come through and then you hear something hit the thing and it's a different sound and you're like, wait, what? And you look up and it's a ring and he's proposing through the fucking toll booth. That's because cute. Actually, it's cute as heck. But also, do they even know each other? <laughs> anyway, so it's it's a really cute, it's just a really cute little story. And it's really funny. One of my favorite scenes is there's like a f- family dinner happening. And like, these people are just having like multiple conversations at once. Like the mom just keeps going like, man, these mashed potatoes are so creamy. And like the grandma and like the other d- old dudes saw are like having this conversation about how tall different actors are. And like, <laughs> then somebody says something about like, yeah, he didn't play the clarinet. And he was like, I know I was saying he was tall. Like it just, <laughs> it's just like this weird, bizarre, like, moment where they're all just like talking about the weirdest shit and she's just sitting there like watching this like yeah what the fuck damn these are crazy (laughs) what did i I get into yeah exactly and then the other thing i really love about this is that there's also this side character this guy who lives in her building Uh uh-huh who's the son of like the super or the landlord or something and he's got the most ridiculous New York accent. And you're like, why? And he's called Joe Jr. And he's in love with her. And he like keeps trying to ask her out. And she's like, no, no way in hell. And he'll just like come through and he'll just be like, like, there's this one scene where she's walking up to her apartment and he's walking down the stairs and he's like, Saturday, two o'clock. And she's like, what? And he's like, I got ice capades. <laughs> And he shows these, like, tickets that he has. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, I know a guy. <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck? Where, wh- why? Why is this character? Why? <laughs> that's funny, though. Okay. So that's night one. 
God damn it, this is going to go on forever. No, it won't, I promise. So night two of our Christmas extravaganza is a double feature of Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, which I feel like only millennials love this movie, those movies. <laughs> because if you saw them as an adult now, I feel like you'd be like, this is the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen. But, you know, when you were five years old, it was the fucking greatest thing you'd ever seen. <laughs> Um, I don't know how much I need to say about these movies. Just kid gets left home alone. Two robbers are trying to rob his house. He creates a fun house of tricks and all kinds of stuff to do you stop know them. do you know the fun fact about Joe Pesci with this film? I may okay. I don't, I know uh, a lot I, of fun facts about this okay, movie. Fair enough, but I'll, I guess I'll say it more f- more for our listener than than anything else. But so I watched a video recently that just happened to go into like this tangent. Apparently, Joe Pesci holds the record for like the most f bombs like in films. Like it, he said it like over two hundred times or something like that. Okay, but obviously, Home Alone can't really be dropping f bombs. Supposed to be like you know right. family friendly movie. Mm-hmm. So apparently to. To to get around this, he made up his own language yes. <laughs> of just like muttering. Yes. And shit. Yes. I thought that was so funny because now, like, anytime I see clips or I think about him in the film and he's muttering, I just hear fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, pretty much. But he's just like, <laughs> like, like it's just as gibberish, but it sounds like swearing. But he like made up his own language and be like, Gerbert means fuck. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Oh my God, I love that. okay go on sorry no it's fine but yeah and then recently i well i sort of knew about this but um one of the podcasts that i listened to was talking about seeing this article about how you can book a room at the plaza hotel in new york and get this like home alone package because in home alone 2 he stays at the plaza and He gets a limo ride like around town with a cheese pizza, which is a big deal because in the first movie, he like, that's the only kind of pizza he'll eat, which I get it when I was six, seven years old, same. Uh, But his brother eats his whole cheese pizza at the beginning of the movie and it causes a whole problem, which leads to him being left home alone anyway. So he's in, he gets this limo ride with this pizza. And so you get that as part of this package. And then you also get like this huge Sunday, like he does in the movie. And so they're talking about this on this podcast about how you can get this package and you can do it any time of year, because if you could only get it at Christmas, they wouldn't be able to sell it all the time. Right. right? And the package itself isn't that expensive. It's like $800, but the rooms there are like thousands a night. So mm-hmm. this is a really expensive thing. And they're talking about this on this podcast. And they're like, <sighs> one of the women on this podcast is like, I'm no life coach, but if I could tell you what to do, I would tell you to stay home, order some Domino's and get some ice cream. <laughs> and I just fucking died because um, I am a life coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, 
no, Mary, you aren't, but this is really good advice. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, it's just more of a nostalgia thing and like it's only I feel again I feel like it's only funny because it was funny at six seven eight years old right because like so much of it is just pretty violent to be honest (laughs) incredibly yeah like they would have died so many times in in going through this house so but yeah I mean Macaulay Culkin is a national treasure. So, <laughs> anyway, okay. So, movie night three is The Holiday and okay. a movie called The Family Stone. So, The Holiday is Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz. They both. <sighs> Well, Cameron Diaz has a breakup right before Christmas, and okay. Kate Winslet is has been trying to get over this guy that she works with for the last couple years because, like, they dated for a brief period, and then he left her. But they've still been working together, and he still tries to like act like they're still really good friends, and like it's sort of a like keep her on the side situation, not as like. Not, like, cheating, but just, like, kind of always keeping her, like, thinking that maybe they'll get back together. Mm -hmm. And she's basically, like, done with it and, like, and he gets engaged to somebody else. So she's just, like, devastated and is, like, screw this. I need to get out of town. So the two of them go on a website to, like, switch houses. Sure. You know, it's like 2006 or whatever. (laughs) Um, So it's like, you know, Airbnb back in the day, but switching. And so they switch houses and Cameron Diaz's character goes to this tiny cottage in England and meets Kate Winslet's brother, who happens to be Jew Law, and they have a fling and they fall in love and it's cute and whatever. And Kate Winslet goes to L.A. where Cameron Diaz's character is like puts together movie trailers. So she has a very nice like home in like, I don't know, Beverly Hills or somewhere. And Kate Winslet gets to know this neighbor who's um, this very old guy um, who used to write in Hollywood. And she befriends him and befriends all of his friends who are like, again, like writers and all these people. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's like, oh, yeah, one of his friends didn't write Casablanca, but he added the here's looking at you, kid. And in that movie, which is the famous line and like just the golden age of Hollywood. And it's it's just so adorable because it's sort of like. A love story, but not like a romantic love story, you know, like they just really get to know each other. And when he like finds out that she like why she's there, because she's Mm -hmm. he's like, why are you spending the holidays by yourself? And she's like basically explains that she's like trying to get over somebody 
And he's like, you're the main character, but you're acting like the sidekick. Like, get your shit together. Mm -hmm. You were way too good for this. And so they really, like, inspire some confidence in each other. Because at one point she gets his mail and finds out that the Writers Guild has been asking him for a long time to like do an event where he will like come and speak and like answer questions from other writers and just like really to honor his contributions to the film industry. And he's like, no, it's stupid. I don't need to do it. And she's like, this is really great. You should do this. And part of why he doesn't want to do it is he's scared to walk up on stage because he like needs a walker and stuff Mm, okay and so she like helps him like exercise and stuff to like be able to at least walk that like tiny amount of space and it's just really sweet it's just really sweet but also she meets a character played by jack black who is like a composer for films who is friends with Cameron Diaz's Mm ex-boyfriend and he shows up at the house to like get some of his stuff for him and so they make acquaintance and they start hanging out and that becomes sort of like their love story and it's just kind of adorable because it's like you wouldn't expect Jack Black to be like the lead in a romantic comedy. Yeah, I mean, at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, yeah. But he's hilarious. There's this whole scene where they go to Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. And to try to pick out some movies to watch, because she talks about how, like, I can't remember what the old guy's name is, like, gives her a list of movies to watch, like, old movies to watch, where, especially, that have really strong, like, female main characters that have gumption as he says to kind of inspire her. And so she, Mm -hmm. she goes to blockbuster to get some of them. And Jack black is talking about how he's, like I said, he's a composer for films. And so he's like explaining how influential some movie scores are. And so he's like going through the aisles and he'll like pick up a movie and start like essentially like humming, whatever. Okay. So like the Jaws theme or like uh, Rocky or like these famous movies with famous scores. And one of the movies he picks up is The Graduate, which has a lot of songs by um, Simon and Garfunkel in it. And he explains that those songs were written for the movie. And so they're technically score, even though they're when you think of score, you think of instrumentals. And it's really funny because cut to one of the aisles over and Dustin Hoffman is there like just trying to pick out a movie and he's Mm -hmm. like I can't go anywhere (laughs) and the funny thing about that is that he legitimately was walking by the film set and they were like dude do you want to be in this scene like that would be hilarious (laughs) and he's like Mm -hmm. okay sure (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so it's just a classic romantic comedy and it's very cute and don't think at all about how these people live in different countries and halfway across the world from each other whatever we'll figure it out (laughs) 
don't don't worry about it. We got covered. Yeah. So, and then the, the Family Stone is this movie about a family, a big family, and the oldest son, or I think he's the oldest son, played by Dermot Mulroney, brings home Sarah Jessica Parker, and there the mom is Diane Keaton, and she's convinced that he wants to propose and that he's wants to talk to her because he throughout the movie he keeps saying he wants to talk to her about something okay and she's like he wants my mother's ring because i promised him my mother's ring Mm. but this sarah jessica parker is like super uptight like and this family is very like just chill and like relaxed and like there's five kids total opposites right and they you know at one point the uh, the dad is played by i can't think of it but he's being like super polite whereas like other members of the family are making it pretty clear that they find her like they're like they're not mean but they're Mm -hmm. definitely like not hiding the fact that they like find her to be like a lot and uptight and like whatever. And the dad at one point is like talking to the mom and is saying something about how like, like just that, how wrong she is for him, for their son. Yeah. And the mom is like, like, see, I'm on to you. You've been acting like she's fine, but you don't like her either. Mm. And he's like, she's a fine person, but she doesn't seem to know herself very well. And what does that say about him? Like essentially kind of just like this, this, our, our son who has moved to the city and become like kind of corporate and finance bro-y and whatever, like that isn't him. So like what happened? Mm -hmm. And then, and, and it's sort of saying like, does he think he needs to get married? Kind of a thing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. what you find out too is that the mom is dying of cancer. Okay. And so it's sort of kind of like he feels like he's the oldest son. He needs to get married before mom's gone. Like he needs to do his duty, like all this kind of shit. Yeah. And it's just parts of the movie are very serious because of that. Parts of the movie are hilarious because of just how like all these people in this house just like trying to make things happen. And it's just like a series of unfortunate events mm-hmm. kind of movie where like things just go awry <laughs> all the time. Anyway, but Eventually, Sarah Jessica Parker calls her sister, who's played by Claire Danes, okay, to come and like be there too. So like, kind of be like an ally, I guess. And Dermot Mulroney and Claire Danes get to talking a lot about what she does, which is like she works in art 
grant funding and like has traveled the world to meet all these different like artists and stuff. And they get to talking and you finally see like him sort of come alive. Okay. And at the same time, like she's spending a lot of time with the other brother who's played by Luke Wilson and who's just like, he's a documentary filmmaker. He's like, just laissez-faire like it just uh-huh. <laughs> uh and and so like yeah but it's just it's just like this series of unfortunate events and these people like all trying to cope and get to know each other and understand and just like big family having big family dynamics at a holiday and all being crammed into a house together <laughs> I don't know. It's just fun for the most part. But yeah, in the end, of course, they end up swapping brothers because that's fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, then it ends with like them at next Christmas and they're all trying to get the house ready for Christmas and mom's not there. Mm. But it's clearly a like like sort of bittersweet in a way because it's like obviously everybody's upset and grieving and whatever but they're also like mom would want us to move on and like honor her and like all this stuff so like how do we figure this out and so it's a lot of like i can't find the stockings i have no idea where mom put them like that kind of stuff of like yeah we can't make everything like it was but we're trying our hardest (laughs) and like yeah I don't know it's just kind of sweet even though it's sad just I don't know just about the passage of time kind of yeah anyway so that's that's that movie and then the fourth night pièce de resistance I can't talk I don't speak French but (laughs) (laughs) The two greatest Christmas movies, maybe of all time. Uh-huh. Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes! I was so worried. <laughs> and Love Actually. Mm, there it was. Okay. Yeah. So, I love Love Actually. I do. hmm And I've loved it since it came out. However... So when Amber and I have these like double feature movie nights, it's like you always watch the better movie or the movie you like more second. You You leave it as the main event. Yeah, it's the main event. Right. And. Not that we've had arguments, but I've definitely said, like, in that case, I could honestly put either movie in either order because like I see okay because Muppet Christmas Carol is maybe one of my favorite movies of all time not just Christmas (laughs) it's it's just cinema at its finest (laughs) if you have not seen this movie run don't walk to your nearest TV <laughs> and log into Disney Plus and watch this gem of a movie because 
it's just such a good retelling of the Christmas Carol, a Christmas Carol story, Dickens' story. I don't know how you get any better than Gonzo playing Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and his sidekick, Rizzle the Rat, is hilarious. And the fact that Michael Caine plays Scrooge and is basically the only human in the movie. Like, there are other humans, but they're not important characters, really. Like, his nephew Fred is a human, mm-hmm. like... There's a couple other people or whatever, but for the most part, everybody else is a Muppet. And so the way that Michael Caine plays this so straight, just so as if he is acting with the cream of the crop, Academy Award winning actors, like not at all like he's acting with Kermit. (laughs) And it is brilliant for him to play it that way. It is like the ultimate straight man, essentially. And it, it's just, I don't know, it's just hilarious. It's just adorable. It's heartwarming. The songs are catchy because it's also a musical. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I can't say enough about it. It's just one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> Amazing. And, yeah, controversy around this movie, however, because the original cut of the movie had an extra song in it. And then when it came out in theaters, I believe they had cut this song, but it was available on VHS But then when it came out on DVD, they'd cut it again. Like, it was this weird thing of, like, it would be available on some things, but not on others. And so, yeah, when it was, I think it was when it came out on DVD and then when it came out on streaming, it didn't include this extra song. And partly because they didn't have, like, the original footage of it, so they couldn't, like, clean it up, digitize it for dvd and streaming they only had it like on an old vhs tape or some bullshit that was the story but it was like such a thing like people were like it's not that it's not the movie without it like this just feels wrong and i agree i Mm -hmm. agree it's it does feel wrong without the song i had i had pirated a copy of the movie and like when i would get to that part mm-hmm. i would watch the pirated copy and then yeah, go back to then the- switch back <laughs> and so then finally they found some old footage or some bullshit or what i, I don't know who knows and we're able to add it back in to the movie Good. and it okay. was like the internet went insane <laughs> i never i never knew about the the, the song being missing. i think i've only seen it once and it was in school. If I maybe maybe it was in school, I don't know. But yeah, it's on Disney Plus now. But when you go to watch it on Disney Plus, you have to go to the extras to find the extended cut. I see. Because they don't consider it the original cut of the movie, which bullshit. Anyway, yes, greatest movie. Love actually. Love actually is. 
I love it. I understand why it's very cheesy, but it is a a story. It's a movie of interwoven stories of different people who are connected to each other in different ways. So it's almost like vignettes kind of. And I feel like this has become like a thing because like there's also like Valentine's Day and like New Year's Day and Mother's Day, like these movies that do a very similar thing where it's like a bunch of characters that are like connected in different ways and yeah. it's a series of stories. But this was sort of not the very first one probably, but like probably what kicked off that sort of craze for a while. And includes like every British actor you've ever heard of. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Colin Firth, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson. Oh, why can't I think? Liam Neeson. And then a bunch of people who like would become famous later. I feel like Kira Knightley was just becoming a big deal when this movie came out. What? So, okay. So Gabe, uh, shout out to Gabe, uh, made me watch a video with him where this filmmaker and this therapist rate films. Okay. And the therapist talks about like relationships and such. And so the, uh, the, the video was basically about like ranking the healthiest relationship to the least healthy relationship. In, in love actually. In love actually. Yes. Okay, yeah. And I just remember the extended, the extended freeze frame on Kira where she does that thing where her mouth is kind of like half open and her eyes, like her eyes, look very bright. You, you know what I'm talking about if you've watched a, Kira, a film with Kira Knightley in it. Yeah, yeah. She like kind of hangs her mouth open a bit in like amazement or like, mm-hmm. but it looks like that. But it, like she'll use it when she's not necessarily like amazed or amused. Like so, so it's kind of a throw off. So like as you were talking about Kira Knightley, I was like, well, number one, I think she was 17 in that when that film came out. She was very um, young. Yeah, I mean, it, which this like, was like post this had to have been post Bennett like Beckham but like mm-hmm. barely Which, another film I forgot she was in I know I've never seen it but that's that is her like introduction I guess or mm-hmm. her big break yeah that came out the year before Love Actually and then she was in Pirates of the Caribbean like right after Love Actually right. so it was like yeah. damn <laughs> But yeah, so that, that they were talking about the, the some of the relationships in love actually, and that mm-hmm. they all kind of stuck me. But the Kira Knightley face also struck me, and I thought that was very funny. Well, and I'll get there. So yeah, it's and I feel like what I really one thing I really like about the movie is that it does try to show a lot of different kinds of love. Mm-hmm. So it shows. Liam Neeson's character, his wife has just died. Yeah. And isn't um, Bill Skarsgård in it as well? One of the Scars. Nye, Nye, sorry. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. Which I'll get to as well. Yeah. So Liam Neeson is his wife has just died, and he has a stepson that he's now in charge of. Mm-hmm. And it's clear like that they've been in each other's lives for a while. But not since he was, like, a baby. So there is sort of this, like, you're my stepdad and you're my guardian now. But, like, 
we don't necessarily have the closest relationship. And so like that storyline of like them essentially like becoming their own little family is cute. Mm-hmm. Sam, the little boy is like in love with this girl at school. So like childhood crush kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a story of uh, Laura Linney is in it and she um, is in love with like a coworker, but it's like a totally unrequited thing. Like she's mm-hmm. never had the nerve to do anything about it. Eventually she does like say something and they almost hook up, but she's constantly getting calls from her brother who's institutionalized. Mm-hmm. That storyline is super frustrating because I think it's supposed to show this like beautiful like sibling relationship mm-hmm. and how like like a caretaking kind of relationship but there's also this frustration of like he's surrounded by professionals all the time you maybe don't Why need is to he answer calling the her? phone yeah. every single time he calls yeah so they and i feel like that it's supposed to be a little bit frustrating like it's a, I don't think all of the stories are necessarily supposed to be happy because that's real. And so like, it is a beautiful sibling relationship, but it's also codependent mm-hmm. and like a problem. There's Alan Rickman is married to Emma Thompson. Man. RIP. And uh, he, his secretary is very, um, She's always making, like, advances around him, never mm-hmm. quite, like, doing anything, but, like, always suggesting that if he wanted to, he could. And so they never actually cheat, but there's definitely, like, an emotional affair component to it. And yeah. Emma Thompson finds out about it. And that is one of the most heartbreaking scenes ever. She, as- she like finds a necklace and is very excited because she thinks she's getting it. And mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like their relationship feels a little bit like it's routine. Yeah. So she's kind of like excited by this. And then she gets her Christmas gift and it's not the necklace. And she very right. quickly realizes, well, he gave a necklace to somebody and it wasn't me. Gee, I wonder, yeah. you know, like, well, and it's, it's, yeah, because before that point, she's made it sound like his gifts to her are always like scarves or something, you know, really generic. And you learn at some point that she, oh, because they're like, she's like wrapping gifts for the kids or something and listening and there's music playing in the background. And he says something about like, do we have to keep listening to Joni Mitchell? And she's like, I love her. It's a love that lasts a lifetime and like explains how much she like she says something about like she took your cold English wife, uh, took your cold English wife and taught her how to feel and like all these things. <laughs> and so when she does get her gift, it looks like it's going to be the same size as the necklace. And she opens mm-hmm. it up and it's this like really nice collector's CD of yeah. like Joni Mitchell greatest hits or something. And so like that's the part that stabs you in the heart is that like. It's actually a really thoughtful, thoughtful gift. gift, but she knows that it's not 
Right. So like if she, she didn't she knows, know about the necklace, if the necklace didn't exist, if the she, secretary yeah. didn't exist, like it would be beautiful. But instead, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And she gets up and like walks away and just says like, I just, you know, like I need to use the bathroom or something like that. And like goes into their bedroom and just kind of like tries not to cry. Yeah. And it is just. It, it hurt my feelings. I'll be honest. Like it hurt my feelings. Yeah, it's it's a really beautiful moment. There's just something so. There's something just so visceral and honest about that moment of the like. Female experience of like. Having to keep your shit together. Because she's like. Yeah. I'm taking a couple of minutes to like let myself feel this, but not too much. Like I'm trying not to cry. And I know that in like two minutes I have to be mom and I have to be wife and I have to like get the kids to their school play. Mm-hmm. And it is just ugh, heart. Which is when she reveals that she knows. And yeah, at the end of this, uh, yeah. At the end of the play, she tells him that she knows. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know, is it sex in a necklace? Is it love in a necklace? Like, I don't know. And yeah. essentially, he's like, nothing has happened, but something has, ha- you know, like, clearly we're not in the best place. Mm-hmm. And, and then the just the, the switch movie, that she makes. Sorry, the switch that she yeah. makes when the kids roll up that yeah. like it's like so nothing is wrong. I was just like, whoo, man. Yep. That is ugh, again, like I said, there's just something so like I'm not a mom, but there's just something so fundamental about the mom experience about that. And to some extent the female experience about that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to happier stories, Colin Firth is a writer who goes away to his, like, summer cottage or something, I don't know, whatever, and meets Mm -hmm. this woman, Aurelia, who, like, is cleaning his house, and he has to drive her home every day, but she only speaks Portuguese, and he only speaks English, and yet they somehow form this connection and bond and after they part, you see him trying to learn Portuguese and eventually goes to her. And it becomes one of those like grand moments of like running to her, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it coincides at the same time with the little boy, Sam, like running through an airport to catch his crush. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, running through an airport is one of those things that is on all these movies and Hugh Grant is the prime minister and falls in love with one of his uh, housekeepers I guess which that part's questionable but they're really cute Mm -hmm. so (laughs) and she has one of my favorite lines of all time that I say all the time when he's trying to find her he goes to where the neighborhood where she where she lives, but he doesn't know her address, which is bullshit, right? Like he could call fucking MI6 or some bullshit to like find out <laughs> what her address is. But he goes like door to door to try to find her. 
And it's hilarious. But anyway, when he gets to her house, he's at the door right as her whole family is like starting to come out to go to this children's play that yeah. these other kids are at. Mm-hmm. And you see her coming down the stairs and she's just like, where the fuck is my fucking coat? <laughs> and I say that all the time. <laughs> and substitute coat for whatever it is I'm looking for. Where the mm-hmm. fuck is my fucking phone? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Them, they're really cute. There's there's other couples like here and there. Mm-hmm. But my favorite, my favorite character... Of the entire movie is Bill Nye, who plays <laughs> an aging rock star named yeah. Billy Mack. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get his song to number one at Christmas. And it's like this shitty cover of a song called love is all around that they changed to Christmas is all around. And like, he knows it's shitty. He like goes on the radio and talks about how like, enjoy this part where we shove an extra syllable into this line, making it really awkward. (laughs) Funny (laughs) stuff. And he just like, does not give a fuck anymore. Right. Like, yeah. When he's on the radio interview, He's just like, I'll I'll tell you anything you want to know, basically. And the, the radio guy's like, oh, best shag you ever had. And he's like, Britney Spears. No, she was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Which, now, I mean, I now, wish it had been a fake star. Yes. Should have been a fake star. Because the, like, that line and setup is, is really funny, but given certain circumstances is not funny yes and then later he's on like this other show which is a real show i don't know what top of the pops i think it might be or it might be another show there's this music show whatever in england that i could look up and the two dudes that are on that show i don't know if it's still on i have no idea this was 20 years ago um are named ant and deck why i don't Mm -hmm. know and they're actually in it like as themselves um and he's there to like talk about his song and like talk about this contest that he's like he's telling everybody about this contest even though it has nothing to do with him yeah and whatever and he just like says the weirdest shit and what does he say? Oh, at the end, like before they cut to commercial, they're like, say goodbye, Billy, or whatever. And he's like, bye, everybody. Like, or no, it's not goodbye. They tell him like to say something nice to the kids who are watching or whatever. And he's like, kids, don't buy drugs. Become a pop star and they give them to you for free. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just, again, hilarious. He's just so funny. And at the end of the movie, he his song does get to number one. And he gets invited to Elton John's Christmas party. Mm -hmm. And like, it's great and whatever. And then he, throughout the movie, he has this manager, Joe, who's just a very, like, unassuming guy. 
he reminds me a bit of, of Nick Frost from like the Simon Pegg films. Is it just him? a little bit? It's not him, but it's it reminds not him. Me but he kind of looks like him, yeah. And throughout the movie, he kind of makes fun of him, but you can sort of tell that like it's accepted, kind of. Yeah, and like if anybody else did it, probably he'd get mad, but. But yeah, at the end of the the movie, he shows up at Joe's house and he's like, yeah, I was at Elton's party, but like Christmas is when you're supposed to be with the people you love. And it turns out that the people I love is you. (laughs) And this is my favorite thing is Joe says, wow. 10 minutes at Elton's and you're gay as a maple. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, that's not what I meant. Like, I don't love you like that, but just that like, we've spent more time together than like any other than with anybody else. And Mm. that like, I realize now that like, you're the love of my life because you're like my best friend, basically. And it's just so cute. And also the thing that's funny is that like, I've seen this movie so many times and it was only like two years ago or something that I realized he says gay as a maypole. I could Mm. not figure out what the word maypole was. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, I, they're my favorite because they're just so adorable and so funny. And like, I love that it's, like that sort of love is celebrated too. Like I said, there's other couples, but those are kind of the main ones. And it's just, I don't know. It's just a heartwarming movie. Um, I will say that the worst part of the movie is Kira Knightley because, and this is the scene that like everybody knows. So in the movie, Kira Knightley's character gets married. His, the groom's best friend played by future star Andrew Lincoln of Walking Dead fame, Mm -hmm. you find out that he's in love with her. And so I get that it's supposed to be this, like, story of unrequited love and, like, love that you can't attain. And it... But because it's his best friend's now wife... And he, like, shows up with the signs. Again, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He shows up with the signs at her door that she reads. And it's like, to you, to me, you're perfect. And I will love you forever. And it's just creepy. Yep. And it, like, up until the point where she figures out that he's into her, it's fine, in a sense. Because it's like... He doesn't do anything about it. He keeps it to himself. Like, he tries very hard to, like, get over it, I feel like. And so that, it's, that, that is okay to me. It's Mm -hmm. when she figures it out because she goes to his apartment and finds the wedding footage that he'd been recording all day. And it's a very professionally edited together with multiple angles <laughs> footage of just her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but you don't like me. You don't talk to me like all these things. And it's like, 
yeah, because I don't want to get too close, basically. And again, it's like, not great, but like, you can't, you can't totally help who you like and whatever. And the fact that he's like trying not to do anything about it is like appropriate. It's mm-hmm. the fact that he then shows up at the end and like basically like says like, I know you're with somebody else and I'm not expecting anything, but I just needed you to know that I love you because it's Christmas. And it's just like, dude, it's creepy. And mm-hmm. then she runs after him and kisses him. So then again, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what? It's just... It's like so some sort of reward. Yeah. So yeah. so if... So the, the, unsurprisingly, that was very low on their list of healthy relationships. Correct. You had to take a swing at which one was the healthiest. Oh, I know. According. It's Billy Mac and Joe. It's not, It's actually. not? No, oh, okay. it's actually Liam Neeson's character in the kid because he was like oh, never. Okay. Yep. He's like he's like it's it's platonic, but like it's the healthiest relationship because like right. even though he's a stepdad, he never like he takes this kid's like feelings about this girl seriously. He never mm-hmm. like is like oh you'll like you you'll, you'll blah blah blah. The kid's mm-hmm. like she's the one, and he goes like okay. He he goes yeah okay. Yep. That, that's how you feel. That's that's how it gotta be. You know. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, they are they are probably my second favorite couple in the movie in that se- like couple in that sense. Mm-hmm. Duo. Because yeah, at first when he first tells him like cuz he's like, "Hey, I know something's up, kid. Like what's up?" And yeah. he's like, "You know, I'm upset about mom, but I'm also in love with this girl in school." And he's like, "Are you like a little bit too young to be in love?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> he just says no and then he's like he's like well i thought it was something worse like i thought you were like doing drugs or something and he's like worse than the total agony of being in love and liam neeson's like yeah total agony damn (laughs) just like this kid and then yeah like just is accepts him for who he is and Mm -hmm. supports him yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts, too, is that there's a part where, like, he can't sleep. Mm-hmm. And he he's like, we need Kate, and we need Leo, and we need them now. And they're watching yep. Titanic in the middle of the fucking night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was one of the other things that they pointed out, is, like, they did, like he didn't go to, like, some sort of, like, macho, like, don't go out your feelings. Like, he showed him a very, well, at least in in this context, very healthy male, like emotion i guess for Mm -hmm. lack of better words it Mm -hmm. wasn't just like let's like nothing for me nothing against like you know watching a film in which a man is is like shooting a gun or whatever but like eh, there's something to be said about showing that men can have other emotions and not just anger or right or aggression so 2003 that's pretty great (laughs) sure for sure yeah so it's it's i don't know i just think it's like there's some beautiful stuff in it. There's some really funny stuff in it. One of my favorites too is this guy who's like, um, like he clearly has like a series of odd jobs and stuff who is like, British girls are too stuck up. I need to go to America because American girls seem like chill mm-hmm. and cool and like they'll be charmed by my british accent and his friend is like you're an idiot like that's Mm -hmm. that won't work and i'm every 
American female, heterosexual female that has seen this movie goes, no, it would totally work. (laughs) (laughs) You do have a cute British accent. And he just says the weirdest shit and it's hilarious. And he goes to America, buys a random ticket to where? Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and runs into like the hottest women who invite him back to their place for it pretty much like seems like an orgy. I don't know. You don't see anything, but it's just supposed to be this funny like storyline, I feel like, where it's like he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to America and they're going to love my British accent. Like, it doesn't even matter what I look like. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> so, yeah, I I really, I really love it. It's really cute. It sounds cute. So, anyway. Yeah. And then I've, I I've seen just... it. I've seen it just once, but sorry. Go yeah. On. And I have just like two honorable mentions really quickly. Mm-hmm. Every year I try to watch... The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the like 60s cartoon mm-hmm. that's like half an hour because we would watch it I would, when I was a kid. I would watch it all the time on cable at Christmas time. And it just like, I don't know, it reminds me of my dad and like because he really likes it. And I don't know, it just feels really nostalgic. And also, like, who who doesn't, like, sympathize with the Grinch a little bit? Like, the older you get, the more I understand that he just, like, wants to be left alone. That, like, they make too much noise. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't steal stuff, but he gives it back. Anyway, and then for kind of the same reason, A Christmas Story is one of my favorite christmas movies as well because Did you know that they made like a like several sequels just one no there's an there's a there's another one out now well like like a recent film but like there was yeah, a film that like okay. was like a spiritual kind of a it was wasn't same character but like or same actor but it, apparently there was one like in 2011 or something like that okay so there's a movie that came out last year that's a christmas story christmas and it is a sequel. Like, okay. the main character is played by the same actor. Okay, so that was last year. I don't know why I thought that was 40s. this year. There's also a weird sequel from, like, the 80s that isn't Christmas-themed that is right. less there's well-known. A, there's a film called A Christmas Story 2 that came out in 2012, though. Oh, what the fuck is that? That's probably bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> It has it has uh, it has Home Alone's Daniel Stern as the old man. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't say no. it was good. I think no. it. I, I think the yeah, it features a teenage Ralphie. No, no. I think no. it is ignored in the most recent. It is yes, but it and it has was. Anyway. two stars. You don't say. No, I will not be watching that. Mm-mm-mm. A Christmas Story Christmas, we did watch it last year, and it was good. Okay. It was it was more just, like, fun to see all those people again. Like, 
resuming their role, assuming their yeah. old role, except for the mother is played by somebody else. Right. And because both the people that played the parents, I think. No, the mother was still alive. I don't know okay. if Melinda Dillon is still alive or not now. But at the time was still alive, but she just was like, I'm too old. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But the guy who played the dad is dead. Yes. And that was uh, wrote, written into the story. Yeah, you are correct. Because M- Melinda Dillon passed away earlier this year, January okay. of this year. So Got it. Okay. And Darren McGavin died a long time ago. And that was part of the story mm-hmm. line was like, the dad died and they have to go back yep. home. So R- Ralphie has to go back home with his family. But the mom is played by Julie Haggerty, which like you might know from the airplane movies or she's the I man. And I love Julie Haggerty, but she's she's a very specific character. Okay. Actor in a way. Like she has a very specific voice. And so it's very hard to see her as anything other than Julie Haggerty or like those kinds of characters. Mm-hmm. And I, so I really wish they had picked somebody to be the mom who was a little more unknown, generic, because it was just really hard to like, and she doesn't look anything like Melinda Dillon. She doesn't sound anything like it. Like, Mm-hmm. I don't, they picked her because she's a, like slightly famous, I feel like. Like she's somewhat of a name and it just mm-hmm. was weird. And so it like took me out of it a lot of the time. But anyway, we would watch this movie all the time every Christmas. My parents loved it. My dad loves it. And I can, I mean, I can quote that whole movie. Just. You mean the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause didn't make it on your list? <laughs> The movie's fucking terrible. The movie is fucking terrible. I believe it. I like the Santa Claus, but it stresses me out mm-hmm. <laughs> because the way that he's becoming Santa, but his life is falling apart around him because yeah. he can't accept it and everybody else around him doesn't understand it and doesn't believe him. Mm-hmm. It just like it. It just feels very stressful to me of like, yeah, I just hear you. believe him. Mm-hmm. I really like the Santa Claus too, which is very controversial in Santa Claus fandom. <laughs> but I like it. I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. He has to find a Mrs. Claus. And so it's kind of a rom-com of him mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Mitchell. And I like it. But yeah, three sucks. Three sucks. I've um, never seen and, it. So, And I've seen it a couple of times. Okay. And it sucks. And now there's a show, The Santa Claus is, about him and his children living in the North Pole. I've is it still Tim Allen one. or did they pick someone else? No, it's still Tim Allen. Okay. I watched season one. I thought it was cute. I liked it. Um, I can't, Apparently there's a season two now. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But yes. So those are my... Those are my things. This has got on very long and I'm sorry. But I do have to say one other thing. Which is just last year on my solo road trip, one of the things I did was I chose to go to Cleveland. I was like, shit, which Ohio city is it? (laughs) Why are all the big cities in Ohio 
start with a C. Ah. Anyway, Cleveland. Cleveland. I went to Cleveland because it has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I was like, mm. I'd like to go there. But I also learned that the house that they filmed A Christmas Story at is in Cleveland and it had become a museum. Now, it was being sold at the time, so I don't know if it's still open as a museum or not, but I went to it at the time and it was so fun to see this because so often things are filmed like in a studio or a set. And so to see how they had to like film this in a real house, like not a very big house and stuff was just kind of amazing. And just to feel like I was there and then to hear about lots of stories about the ways that the like community like welcomed the actors or didn't (laughs) and the way that like they became part of Cleveland for a little while and just like I don't know it's just it was just fun to be there oh and I'm actually you're not going to be able to see this because this is an audio medium but I am wearing my slippers that I bought there I bought these bunny slippers which if you look closely you can see that the bunny is frowning (laughs) 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 because in the movie Ralphie gets a onesie yes that looks like a rabbit and the feet have the ears and little eyes and stuff. Um, and so I had to buy the the slippers that they were selling mm-hmm. at the gift shop. <laughs> because the onesie was too much. But yeah, so that was super fun. And I remember when I got home and was telling my parents about it, they were like, um, I think we need to go there. <laughs> so maybe they will, if it's still a museum. But yeah, so those are my favorite Christmas movies. I do watch the occasional Hallmark or Lifetime Christmas movie, but that's more for just fun. (laughs) I mean, they're all for fun, but, you know, Mm -hmm. like background. You don't have to pay attention to those movies. They're very formulaic, which is comforting sometimes. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I just like Christmas movies. The end. Right. (laughs) If there was something I missed, let mm. me know what your favorites are. If you are just horrified that I skipped something or want to yell about the fact that I love the Santa Claus 2 more than I love the Santa Claus, uh, you can reach uh, me specifically <laughs> at <laughs> Shake Meets World and at Fuck the Perfect Life. And Sherrick, where can they find you? At A Black Sparrow, most places, including TikTok, where I'm actually like, actively i posted two days in a row what is this don't expect like daily uploads but like i was feeling inspired so you know that is thing that i did and then sherrickrobinson.com the update to that's probably going to come sometime in january so i'm very excited for y'all to see what that looks like when we get that all running so yeah uh that's a great time and what else is a great time is me not making up a theme song for amelia what the fuck is this this is the part of the episode where I find something wild and crazy kids on the internet and I show it to Amelia without any context. Enjoy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so this this uh, woman is looking at her garage that has several Christmas-themed 
decals on it. <laughs> and I'm assuming it was it, it originally said Merry Christmas, but somebody has taken the letters and rearranged them and then shoved a few of them in the corner <laughs> that don't fit. Mm-hmm. So that now her garage says creamy shits. <laughs> <laughs> and she just yells, what? <laughs> and gets really mad about it and goes over to get the other letters to, I guess, put it back. And I understand why she's mad. That's legit. But that is pretty, that's pretty funny vandalism. <laughs> <laughs> And fairly uh, victimless. Mm. Or like, nobody really got hurt there. (laughs) But yeah, that was good. I liked it. Love it. Awesome. Well, we hope you had a good time. You can reach us at A-S-W-A-Y-D-P-O-D on the Gmail or on the Instagram. That would be cool and great and great and cool. Thanks to Zencaster for, you know, letting us uh, hang around. And, uh, you know, if you want to start yourself a podcast and stuff like that, you know what to do and all that good stuff. So I think, yeah, Amelia, I think that's that's a 2023. Yeah, that'll that'll do it for us this year. You will be back in 2024. 2024, and... you want some more? Sorry. I'll... And uh, <laughs> yeah, until then, catch up on some old episodes. Let us know if you have any thoughts on topics. And uh, you know, we'll... maybe we'll be able to record something under two hours. <laughs> <laughs> no well, this is technically under This is technically under two hours. Well, that's so true. It's under 90 minutes. <laughs> so there you go. So uh, I guess we'll we'll call you in 2024 and tell you all about how we gave up yoga in favor of twisting in our chair to crack our back. Bye. Bye. <laughs>